Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. America's two great pastimes collide on this podcast. It is baseball and making money from the dog days of summer through the October Classic. Greg Bases Peterson's going to be free swinging at the betting board as he tries to hit a grand slam for your bankroll. Now here is GP. Hello and welcome to Lovely Las Vegas for MLB Overtime Betting with myself, Greg Peterson. Got a great podcast for you. We're going to have a two-part conversation with Chris Cotillo. Does a great job of being able to cover the Boston Red Sox for MassLive.com. This is a guy that does a great job of following general baseball because we've had a lot go on in the last, depending on when you listen to this, 24 or 48 hours might be a little bit more if you're listening to this a week or so after the fact, but we've had a lot going on and one of the things I've been talking about a lot in this podcast is the fact that I just don't think the Boston Red Sox set up well for a big 2020 season so we're going to talk to Chris about the outlook of the Boston Red Sox in the wake of the Mookie Betts trade Chris Sale being done for the year and what that means for the pitching staff and we're going to be asking about the American League East because you may recall a few weeks ago on the podcast Gil Alexander thought that the Toronto Blue Jays might be a team that could surprise a lot of people so we're going to be asking Asking about the entire division. We're also going to be talking about just the report that came out late Monday night, early Tuesday morning by Jeff Pass, and that the MLB has launched the Arizona plan. And what the Arizona plan is, is essentially the entire baseball world is in the bubble known as Arizona. All games are going to be played there because they obviously do a lot with regards to spring training. So they've got like 10 or 11 ballparks in which they're able to pick from. For games, they're just going to house everyone in that state 
and that is going to be the way that it goes with regards to fans attending the games. You're either going to have completely empty stadiums or you're going to have fans sitting six feet apart from each other. And then you're also going to have no umpires or at least umpires are six feet away. So you're going to have an electronic strike zone. You're going to have no mound visits whatsoever. This is absolutely wild and crazy. I will say this for one. Being a schmuck for baseball like I am, any rumor of baseball that has a .00001% chance of happening, I am all on board for it. I am right now dying because right now there should be Miller Lights being crushed. I should currently be responding to Fernand, oh no, Rodney being picked up off a of free agency and he should have blown like a five run lead in the ninth inning or something like that. And the logistics of this is absolutely insane. It's probably going to require a reduced season. We might see doubleheaders. We might not. I mean, they're trying to get as many games in as possible. And to do this, they might have seven inning doubleheaders so that the game total can get as close to 162 as possible. So, I mean, it is going to be absolutely wild and crazy. You want to be taking note of this, like I said, because I've been saying this on this podcast. We are in unprecedented times. So many of you guys are asking me, how do I prepare for the 2020 season? Just keep watching the newswire. Take note of any changes that might be happening because keep in mind, for the 2020 season, we were supposed to have the new rule coming into place in which a pitcher had to face at least three batters and or get the last out of the inning because they were sick of so many guys having all these bullpen changes. Guys face one batter, you bring in another guy, he faces one batter, another pitcher comes in, he faces another batter and everything like that. There might be expanded rosters with this as well. If someone tests positive for the coronavirus, he is then sent to the Temple of Doom. I mean, it's just absolutely wild and crazy, but these owners, they are talking to these players, both the owners and the players, they want to get baseball back as quickly as possible. Someone who has joined this podcast recently, Dan Zborski, noted, every month in which we don't have baseball, the league is losing about $700 million. And that's pretty much the median for the amount of time because you just multiply 700 million by 12. So in season, they're probably losing even more money than that. So there is incentive on all sides to get in as many games as possible. The logistics are absolutely wild and crazy. Heck, I'm having a tough time explaining them on this podcast right now. So we are going to bring in Chris Cotillo of Mass Live. He's going to talk a little bit about the Boston Red Sox. In the middle of the conversation, we're going to be talking about this crazy report. And then we're going to wrap things up by looking at the AL East in general. It's going to be a wide-ranging conversation. It's going to be a fun one. And hey, at the very least, we've got some baseball to talk about, at least baseball-related stories to talk about. And the interview with Chris Cotillo, two-parter, coming up on the other side right here on MLB Overtime Betting with myself, Greg Peterson. Greg is phoning a friend and going out to the Azunia Hotline. Here on MLB Overtime Betting with myself, Greg Peterson. It is great to have on our next guest. This is a guy that does a great job of being able to cover the Boston Red Sox and just 
the MLB in general for MassLive.com is covering a variety of different things, everything from the Tommy John surgery that Chris Sale underwent to just everything that's happening with regards to the MLB, trying to get their season restarted in general. And you can follow him on Twitter at Chris Cotillo. And that is all one word and last name is called C-O-T-I-L-L-O as it is Chris Cotillo joining me. And Chris, great to have you on the podcast today. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. And thank you for joining me. And first things first, obviously, big ticket item for the Boston Red Sox is the fact that they're not going to have Chris Sale for the 2020 season. He underwent Tommy John surgery. I know that you were covering this about 24 hours ago or so, and I know that you're talking about everything that's going to be happening with that regard. What's the latest on that front, and how do the Red Sox plan to move forward during the 2020 season without him in the rotation? Yeah, there's kind of a lot to build up to this. It's something that lasted the better part of six or seven months. Chris Sale started feeling elbow inflammation last August. He had a PRP shot, which is kind of usually a precursor to surgery, a last-ditch effort to try to avoid it. Came into spring training feeling pretty good, other than about with pneumonia at the beginning. Once he came back, his arm was feeling great. Had a setback right at the beginning of March, underwent an MRI, tried ramping up one last time, and they determined that he was going to need surgery. So he had that last Monday. It was a little bit complicated to schedule that just because he had to try to schedule an elective surgery, which isn't the easiest thing to do right now. Some states have outlawed them. Some doctors have shut down their practices. Dr. James Andrews, of course, the renowned orthopedist is one of them. So it was a bit of a a long and winding road for Chris Sale to get here, but he underwent surgery and he spoke to the media for the first time about that process. Uh, So I've been working on that all day. In terms of the rotation, the Red Sox now do not have any of their three top starting pitchers from a year ago. Chris Sale out for the season due to Tommy John. David Price is a Dodger. Rick Porcello is a Met. The Red Sox have basically three guys in their starting rotation if there is a season. That'll be Nathan Avaldi, Eduardo Rodriguez, Martin Perez, and then two open spots. Looks like one of those spots will go to Ryan Weber. Looks like another spot will be a bullpen day. I mean, who knows what the schedule is going to look like if we're going to have two seven-inning doubleheaders or how we're going to play it anyway. But if everything was normal, which it won't be, and the season was going on right now, the Red Sox would have three regular starters. Ryan Weber, I guess, slotted into number four and then an open spot. And when camp, I guess, broke or was suspended on March 12th, no one had really emerged for that fifth spot. They acquired kind of a collection of loose parts from other teams. They claimed five or six guys off waivers, made some small trades, had some minor league signings, but nobody that really had stepped up so far. So they have a lot of depth, but nobody that stepped up into that spot. And obviously for the Red Sox, right after trading Mookie Betts and David Price and losing some other big guys in free agency, losing Chris Sale for the season, no matter how long the season is, is going to be a huge blow. Absolutely. As we do have Chris Cotillo joining me right here on the podcast. And you bring up the trade, obviously Mookie Betts and David Price wind up going to the LA Dodgers. And with the Boston Red Sox, it is a little bit of a new look team, but they still do have a bunch of guys like Andrew Benetton, J.D. Martinez, the company. I think that this team is very well set up to play at home. That is, if we wind up getting Boston Red Sox home games, because as we know, there's a little bit of a movement to try to have all these games played in Arizona and so much stuff like that. So we are a little bit unsure of that. But I still think that with regards to offense, the Red Sox should be still locked and loaded. How do they plan to replace Mookie Betts, though? Because obviously that is a huge trade and no doubt a big loss for this team. But as we know, there is a lot of infielders on this team. But I also do think that losing Brock Holt to the Milwaukee Brewers, a little bit of an underrated storyline as well. 
Yeah, well, Brock was a really important clubhouse presence, a really important community presence, and a fan favorite. There's almost more backlash to them not re-signing Brock Holt for the price. I think it was like two and a half million is what he signed for with the Brewers as there was to losing Mookie and, and losing David Price, trading them for that package headline by Alex Verdugo. I think when you look at replacing Mookie, the Red Sox have two outfielders, Andrew Benatendi and Jackie Bradley Jr., who are slotted in exactly where they'll play is a little bit up in the air. Benatendi's obviously been in left the last few years, Bradley Jr. in center, Mookie in right. And the Red Sox have two new outfielders that are in the mix, Alex Verdugo, who they acquired, uh, in that trade for Mookie Betts and Kevin Pillar, veteran longtime Blue Jay who they signed as a free agent during spring training. So those are the guys that will slot in immediately, Pillar on a one-year deal. Verdugo kind of looks like the long-term solution there, wherever he may fit in. Jackie Bradley's a free agent after the year, so maybe Verdugo slides to center, maybe Benintendi does. A lot to unpack in terms of outfield alignment. That was going to be one of the bigger storylines in the last few weeks of spring, if those happen. In terms of the infield, Red Sox pretty set on the left side. Devers and Bogarts, obviously. And Michael Chavis is going to get his reps on the right side, either at first or second. Jose Peraz is in the mix at second. Mitch Marland, obviously, in the mix at first. So they were set up pretty well offensively. Christian Vasquez had a great year last year. Devers and Bogarts had awesome years last year. And as you mentioned, J.D. Martinez, one of the best hitters in baseball. So the lineup probably could survive without Mookie Betts. But as a team, as the Red Sox saw last year when they had a really good offense and a horrible pitching staff, this team could not get it done pitching-wise with Sale, Price, Porcello, Evaldi, and Erod which is a great rotation. And now it's Rodriguez, Evaldi, Martin Perez, and basically two question marks. So when it comes to pitching, Heim Bloom's going to have to get creative if there is a season, when there is a season, and it's a huge challenge that lies ahead of him. Absolutely. And there is a lot of uncertainty, as we saw a few nights ago, Jeff Passon wound up tweeting out that players and the owners are trying to get things ramped up for spring training in May, perhaps all the games being played in Arizona, and there was a lot of things, whether it be empty ballparks or having all fans sit approximately six feet away from each other, obviously. I think that would be a little bit hard to orchestrate. And then they were talking about, like, a electronic strike zone as well. What did you make of the Jeff Passan report? Because I think it's all well and good, and any sign of baseball with, like, a one millionth of one percent chance of happening as all of us excited. But with that said, I certainly don't think that everything they tweeted out would be a possibility. And I still think that if we are going to get baseball right now, in my opinion, it's probably going to be more towards July rather than having everything ramp up back up in May. And obviously this is all speculation at this point, And we are unfortunately all falling victim to this curve flattening out. Yeah, right. Like you mentioned, we're all at the mercy of the virus and exactly what happens. And nobody really knows But the league, as it should, and as I'm sure every league that's shut down across the United States, really across the world, is considering a ton of different contingency plans as they look for ways to possibly play. The baseball owners want to get as many games in as possible. They make so much money off that TV revenue and gate receipts. Players want to play. That's what they're paid to do. That's what they love doing. And if you're, I don't know, a 28-year-old player right in your prime, you don't want to lose this season. So everybody wants to play. It's obviously a matter of, is it safe to do so? And the league is obviously considering a lot of creative ideas. One of them is this Arizona isolation plan, which would have all 30 teams in Arizona playing each other at the 10 spring training ballparks, at the Diamondbacks place, Chase Field, and really creative ways, as you mentioned, with the social distancing and other stuff like that. So there are a ton of different things that are in play right now, a lot of different things that they're discussing, and they're looking to get creative just to try to get as many games as possible in. 
It's absolutely an unprecedented situation as we do have Chris Cotillo joining me right here on the podcast. Coming up on the other side, we're going to be continuing to talk about this article that was released by Jeff Passan. And then we are also going to be taking a little bit more of a broad look at the American League East because I do think it is so fascinating. You've obviously got a team in the New York Yankees that is probably benefiting from the fact that we are on hiatus. So it's going to be a very wide-ranging part two of our conversation with Chris Cotillo right here on the other side. Welcome back to MLB Overtime. Greg is throwing a gem, so yeah, he better not blow it. And we're back here on MLB Overtime Betting with myself, Greg Peterson, being joined by Chris Cattello, who you can follow on Twitter at Chris Cattello, just his first name and his last name, does a great job of being able to report on the MLB in general, along with the Boston Red Sox for MassLive.com, and we are just exploring this absolutely crazy article that came out by Jeff Passan, essentially the Arizona project for baseball coming back into our lives. And I think something that gets a little bit forgotten about is interleague play and how this is all going to tie into this equation as well. I know a lot of people have been talking when we do get a MLB season back that's going to be a little bit condensed. I don't think that there's any way we can get 162 games in, even with double headers and everything like that. That's going to be a little bit of a nightmare. But I know that a lot of people have been trying to talk about cutting interleague play, and I think we will both agree. That's just not a possibility at this point because with the way that these leagues are structured, 15 in the National League, 15 in the American League, that's just something that is not going to be happening. I don't know if you'd agree or disagree with that, but I know that there are about a lot of people chatting about that, and I think it's just going to have to come at the expense of a little bit of interleague play, but at the same time, I don't think that it can be eliminated altogether. Yeah, that's one thing that they're looking at. They're looking at different ways of doing the schedule. If it's in Arizona, I mean, I guess there'd probably be an American League and National League still. But if it was, you know, one of the other ideas that was brought about, they had half the teams in Arizona, half the teams in Florida, then you're not going to have the American League one place, the National League in another, because those are obviously all mixed up in spring training with the Grapefruit and the Cactus League. So I think all conventions thrown out the window. Any idea that you would have ever considered crazy is now on the table. That includes maybe the leagues don't exist, maybe rule changes. Everything is totally up in the air and possible because, as you said, these are unprecedented times. I know. This is just the craziest season I've ever seen. And I know that you're a guy that you cover a lot of the American League East as well because, obviously, your main beat is the Boston Red Sox. And if there is a team that benefits from this hiatus, I would unfortunately have to say the New York Yankees along with the Houston Astros because with the Astros, as we know, Justin Verlander, he was probably not going to be ready for opening day. You have Lance McCullers coming back from injury. He was probably going to be on an innings restriction in a condensed season. That means that you don't need to coddle him as much. You don't have to have as many innings restrictions when he goes out there night after night. And with the New York Yankees, as it seems like they always are, they've got about 50 million injuries. Luis Severino, he's not going to be coming back for 2020, but you have guys like Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, all those guys. They were banged up, and this, I guess you could call it extended break, gives them a little bit of time to heal up. So if anyone benefits from this current layoff that we have, I would have to say it's those two big bombers out there in the American League. Yeah, definitely. The Red Sox have some injuries too. Alex Verdugo, a guy that I mentioned, was not going to be ready for the season. Uh, The hope was if Chris Sale could avoid surgery, maybe this would help him come back without missing any starts. Obviously, he's going to miss the whole year. So there are some guys with injuries that this is going to be good for in a way. I think, you know, the the strong teams in a shorter season have less time 
to really prove themselves. We've seen, you know, teams start off slow. A slow start in a 100-game season means a lot more than it will in a 162-game season. So in terms of favorites, in terms of all that stuff, you know, I think obviously the talented team is probably going to still the Yankees, the Astros, the Twins, and the American League, the Rays. But I think, like I said, even conventional wisdom with that kind of stuff needs to be thrown out too. Yeah, and I think it's so interesting to see what sort of a pitching staff really would do better in a condensed season because I know that you can make the argument that a front-loaded pitching staff in which you've got three or four very good starters and then you just have a bunch of guys after that, they could benefit a little bit more because fewer games means that you can push them out there a little bit longer, maybe have a couple short rest sort of relief appearances, things like that. We all recall what the Washington Nationals were able to do with the 2019 World Series. Now, obviously, I don't think we're going to see Steven Strasburg coming out of relief in a wild card game on like a every third night sort of basis or anything like that but you're able to maneuver a little bit more with that regard and then you've got a team like a Tampa Bay Rays the Tampa Bay Rays are a team that they really don't have their starters go very long you had Ryan Yarbrough give the team a couple seven plus inning starts during the 2019 season but for the most part this is a team that they really go with the wholesale approach even Blake Snell doesn't necessarily go deep into games which of those two sort of, I guess you could call it, pitching staffs do you think would have more success? One that is a little bit more front-loaded or a team that relies upon just a whole bunch of guys like the Tampa Bay Rays? Yeah, let's assume that the Arizona system is going to happen, which it's absolutely not. But let's pretend for a second and say, you know, there's, as Jeff Passon wrote, with the, the contingencies in case someone on the team gets a virus plus considering it's going to be about 110, 120 degrees in Arizona, these rosters are going to be very largely expanded. I don't know what that means. It means 35 players, 40 active, whatever. That really tests depth. And whatever teams have the best depth are going to be the ones that are going to benefit the most, obviously, from this type of situation. The Rays, their opener system, all the stuff they do, that works because of their depth. So the edge, I think, would have to go to them. Yeah, I think it's just going to be so fascinating to see what happens with regards to so many of these teams because you've got so many different ways to skid a cat when it comes to pitching rotations as we do have Chris Cotillo joining me right here on the podcast. And then another team out there in the American League East that I feel like jury is out on. They could have a really great year, but at the same time, they could just go flailing as well. That's the Toronto Blue Jays, and that's because the Blue Jays, they've got all these young guys. We all know about Guys like Bo Bichette, you've got Vlad Guerrero Jr. They wind up signing on Hunjin Ryu, so I'm very interested to see what happens there. Kavon Biggio, Chase Anderson, the list goes on and on. They brought in quite a few guys in the offseason to be able to ramp up that pitching staff that I think we would both agree was not very good. You had Trent Thornton show some signs of life during the 2019 season. You also had him show some signs of being able to give up 10 runs on any given start as well. So you just don't know there. What is your feel on the Toronto Blue Jays? Because I think that this is one of the most fascinating teams out there in the American League. And I feel like they're a big time boomer bust team with a high ceiling and a low floor. Yeah, I think the other American League East teams feel like, you know, they're a ticking time bomb when they can put it all together. And I think they're a team that could benefit from maybe that short season as well. You know, you get a bunch of young guys with nothing to lose. They don't know any better and they go out and they have those good stretches that rookies have that last over 60 games. Well, that's more than half your season instead of a third of it, as it usually would be. So, you know, assuming it's something like 100 games. So they're definitely a team to watch as well, I think, with them comes down to pitching. As you mentioned, the Ryu signing is big, but they haven't had the pitching to match their lineup in the last couple of years, and, and that's going to be huge for them to develop some arms as well as sign some guys. So the Blue Jays, definitely, I would have them right in that mix for the third best team in the American League East. 
I think the Yankees are number one, the Rays are number two, the Red Sox were number three even without sale. I think the Red Sox are in the 3-4 range along with the Blue Jays after sale went down. Yeah, it should be very fascinating to see what happens there. The one thing I think we can both bet on is the fact that the Baltimore Orioles probably not going to be contending for a World Series this year. I feel very safe in saying that, but Chris... Is there another team or anything else, National League, American League, what have you, that you really have your eye on? Because I think that this is just going to be such a fascinating 2020 year in general. There's so much uncertainty right now. We don't know what's going to be happening with regards to the schedule. We don't know when we're going to get baseball back. We don't know how long spring training is going to be when it ramps back up. There's a lot of uncertainty, but I do think that there's a lot of fascinating storylines. I think that the American League East is going to be a lot of fun to watch. I do think that we are going to have a lot of teams that are closely knit together. I just mentioned the Baltimore Orioles are going to be at the back of the pack. Obviously, the Royals and the Detroit Tigers. I don't think we have to worry about them winning the World Series this year, but with that said, I feel like outside of those couple teams, there's going to be a lot of teams fighting in the middle that are going to be just clawing their way for a playoff spot, especially if you have a reduced schedule. And an expanded playoff format, which is also possibly right. I mean, there's going to be a lot of these teams that are in the mix, and the trade deadline is usually the time where teams decide if they want to buy or sell, and that's after four months out of six. When's the trade deadline going to be this year? And it's a ton of questions that nobody knows the answer to yet. It really informs, you know, how teams are going to go about the early part of their schedule. I do not envy these executives. I mean, it's a tough position for someone who covers the sport to be in because I don't know if I'm going to be attending a single game this year. Do I have to live in Arizona for six months in this bubble? Or are we not going to be allowed? How's that going to work? It's kind of my only concern. Or is baseball going to be played in Boston? All those kind of questions come into, come into play. But Nothing when you compare it to what general managers and managers and players have to deal with and all the possible contingency plans. And I'm sure we'll get a few more crazy theories like the Arizona plan thrown about in the next few weeks. Hopefully not much longer than that, but we're going to see a lot of theories. We're going to see a lot of ideas. And I mean, there's still also the great possibility that no baseball is played at all until opening day scheduled. I think that's very possible, unfortunately. Hey, the good news is, unlike the UFC, at least you know that you won't have to go to a private island in order to attend these baseball games if we do wind up having a season. I mean, that actually might not be a bad thing, honestly. <laughs> I mean, it is just so crazy. I mean, this year of 2020, we've seen Kobe Bryant go down in a helicopter. Something that is named after a beer shut down all sports. And we've got UFC fighting on a private island. I mean, it's just one of these things where you just have to sit there and ask yourself what's going to come up next. And Chris, I know that you're doing your absolute best to be able to cover all this. Certainly some very strange time to say the least, but I know that you're doing a great job with MassLive.com. So we'd like to close it up with this. Just let the good people at home know what you're all working on and how they can follow you and just get a little bit more of your work in general. Yeah, it's Chris Cotillo on Twitter, as you mentioned, C-O-T-I-L-L-O. Red Sox coverage on MassLive.com, M-A-S-S-L-I-V-E. We don't cover Catholic services, even though I've had someone email me asking me that. It's Massachusetts. So we'll be covering stuff if there's baseball or if there isn't. If there isn't, we'll be talking about Tom Brady going to the Bucks until the end of time. So you can enjoy that stuff. Absolutely. As it certainly is strange times to be a baseball fan. But with that said, Chris is doing his level best to be able to keep up with it, as we are here on MLB Overtime Betting as well. So big thanks to Chris Kittillo for joining me right here on the podcast. And if you like what you're hearing, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And if you ever have a question for the podcast, fire it into my timeline at GNRS41. Going to be continuing to do this three days a week until we get based baseball back to our lives and then once baseball is back it is going to be every single day so hopefully you guys are all safe and healthy i'll talk to you guys in a couple thank you so much